How do you work through confusion to find direction and clarity after leaving an abusive relationship with a narcissist? That's a good question, right? It's hard to know which way is up when you're in survival mode. And then even as things start to calm down in life, we can get so stuck in indecisiveness that we're not really moving forward. We're living an okay life, but are we growing? Are we progressing? Have we gone beyond just a feeling of basic safety into a place of actually being fulfilled and feeling secure in who we are? If you're not sure how to answer those questions or if you feel stuck in a place of just okay right now, you're really going to get a lot out of today's episode. Welcome to Art That Overcomes, where we are redefining identity after narcissistic abuse. My name is Jennifer, and I'm an artist, licensed art therapist, and coach who helps women like you overcome the lasting effects of narcissistic abuse. It's the anxiety, self-doubt, and lack of confidence that can keep us stuck even long after the abusive relationship has ended. Together, we are redefining our identities, one drawing or painting at a time, because it's your turn to take charge now, no narcissists allowed. I teach all my clients the same art and writing technique that's been so life-changing in my own recovery. It allows us to connect our thinking brain to our feeling brain and, quite literally, draw out the subconscious thoughts, feelings, and beliefs that need to be heard. In each episode, I'll share a piece of my artwork along with the free association writing I did in response to the image. Then at the end, you'll get a little bit of encouragement from your future self as I invite you to join me in imagining what message she may have for you today. This is real, raw, and vulnerable because in my experience, that's what it takes to truly heal. Let's get to it. Indecisiveness or confusion, insecurity, anxiety, these are some of the lasting effects of narcissistic abuse. There are a few of the struggles that just insist on hanging around for a while, and it's frustrating, believe me, I know from personal experience, and I also hear it from my clients. We all want to feel strong, confident, decisive, and at ease in our own skin, but it's so hard to get there after spending so long in an intimate relationship with someone who made it their job to brainwash us into thinking otherwise. I believe that the root cause of all these struggles, what goes even deeper than the symptoms I've described, is a disconnect from our own identity. The narcissist tried to strip away all that was you and replaced it with their own weakness. You see, they projected their own shame and fragile sense of self onto you because they couldn't bear to face it in themselves. And they aimed to make you feel indecisive, insecure, and anxious or out of control so that they could feel in control. This control they felt was a false sense of confidence that really wasn't rooted in any sure sense of identity in themselves, but rather a shallow kind of arrogance that was dependent on keeping you down. 
Once we understand this dynamic, a next step in healing is to face our insecurities head on without judgment. You're not bad or wrong for struggling. It's not your fault that you were manipulated and abused, but now it is your responsibility to take charge of your healing. For those who feel daunted by such a task, which is understandable, today I'm going to share a real life example of how I'm doing this one very small step at a time. And it's definitely the small steps that are key here. It's natural to want to jump ahead of ourselves and hope to rid ourselves of all uncomfortable feelings like tomorrow. But let's be honest, it's never going to happen. We're human. We can't get rid of emotions. But it's so important to address our emotions and limiting thoughts or beliefs as they come up. This is really brave work. Nobody wants to stop and feel this stuff. We don't want to sit with that feeling of indecisiveness as a way to become more decisive. It feels a bit backwards, but that's exactly what we need to do. You know, it's interesting. On last week's episode, I shared my reflections about two drawings I'd done back in 2021 in the spirit of looking back over old artwork and writing to notice both progress and patterns. And a theme coming out in that work was difficulty trusting God in kind of a general sense. Fast forward to now, January 2023, and I found I'm repeating a pattern in some ways, one of struggling to trust God, but this time it's not so general, it's specific to one area of my life. And when I reflect back on my relationship with God over the past several years, I do see that lack of trust is a pattern. But where I've grown and progressed is that now I tend to struggle most with that trust in just certain areas. Now, not to say that I will never struggle with a general trust in God again. There are these ebbs and flows to our relationships with people and with God throughout life. But um, right now, yeah, I'm just noticing that it's certain areas. Like in general, I feel like, okay, we're good. But certain things I'm still I'm still holding on to like a feeling of control and not wanting to release that trust to God. And as I said last week, um, in one of the old Instagram posts I read in relation to one of those older drawings, that the way we interact with people, like our lack of trust, our fear of intimacy, or our eagerness to just have all the attention, you know, that insecure attachment, however we relate to people tends to be how we relate to God too. So this also gives me a chance to examine, well, am I open with others? Am I trusting others? You know, just some, some thoughts there. Um, so some areas I've grown in and some I haven't, and I'm kind of honing in on that and examining it through the art and writing process. So let me get more specific. So lately, what I'm having a hard time with is feelings of uncertainty and finding it hard to trust God specifically during some job transitions I'm making right now. Part of this has to do with growing and changing my art therapy and coaching business And part of it has to do with figuring out what therapist day job works best for me in this season of life. So the first step I took, and I'm going to outline kind of four steps for you. So see if you can model this too, see if it helps you as well. The first step I took was to really stop and examine my thoughts and feelings. As I said, no one wants to feel this stuff, but that's important. I acknowledge the presence of anxiety and the lack of trust in God. Maybe there was a bit of lack of trust in myself in there too. Then being in this state of contemplation about these topics 
made me more perceptive to messages from outside sources that could be helpful to me. I think this is really important. You know, you could think of this like that phenomenon when you decide to buy a new car and you haven't noticed that car on the road much before. Some of you know where I'm going with this. And then all of a sudden, once you start focusing on it, you see it everywhere, right? Your brain becomes more perceptive um, of that thing you've been thinking about. Or if you believe in God, then you may think of this as God's spirit speaking to you, or maybe a little bit of both. Either way, it's a thing. And last week, I heard either a song at church, or maybe it was in the sermon, I can't remember now, but it was something that referred to the fact that God has already won. His work is finished. And I immediately felt comforted by the fact that my work, the way I feel I've been called to serve others in this world, it's all within God's plan, not only for me, but his plan for the world. And that means I can't screw it up, you know, and I can rest within that. I can rest within his plan. But I still had a lot of feelings about this that I wanted to process. So the next day, I bravely took charge of my circumstances, even in a time when I felt like this lack of control. And I chose to do something that would help me sit with and process through my thoughts and feelings. Instead of just letting myself feel like a victim to my circumstances, I took charge and processed things. So this was the next step. So just to review, first, we acknowledge the thoughts and feelings. Second, we open ourselves up to outside information that can help us think through what's going on within us. And third, we do something to process those thoughts and feelings ourselves. My third step was that I went to my studio and created a piece of art to explore what was going on inside me. And before I started, I wrote down an intention for my art making time. And here's what I wrote. I said, my intention is to illustrate the image in my head of God holding my work or my calling because the victory is already won. He finished the work. I'm just filling in the gap where he shows me. So because I'm naturally um, someone who thinks in visual terms, I already had a vague image in my head that I wanted to bring to life on my paper. And so that's what I was referring to in my intention, that I wanted to illustrate that image. I wanted to take it out of my head and make it more concrete. I wanted to look at it and examine it as a clear image, not just a vague and fleeting image in my mind. Again, in my last episode, I talked about the power of art as a visual record of our emotions, experiences, and healing. And there really is something so powerful about making a tangible visual representation of our inner world. Anyway, I suggest you go listen to that episode if you haven't already. So once I wrote out my intention that I wanted to illustrate this image in my head, I started drawing with oil pastels and later added watercolor paint. Then after working for a while, I stopped and I wrote in response to the colors and shapes I saw and I asked what my artwork needed. Based on the answer I received from my subconscious brain and I also believe you know, from my creator, the message I received from my creator, I went back into the drawing slash painting and I added graphite pencil and then some oil pastels again. If you head over to Art That Overcomes on Instagram, you can um, view those images or you can check your e inbox if you're on my email list. Um, and then you could see the, the multiple different stages that, that this artwork went through. I don't always take photos to document the processes I go, you know, through multiple images, but this one I did, it just felt right to document the different stages. 
And of course, if you're not on my email list already, you can sign up at the link in the show notes. Okay, so if you haven't viewed the image yet, here is a description of it. I started with a white rectangular piece of drawing paper positioned horizontally, and I filled the bottom and the right and left sides with a thick sort of border in dark blue and black in oil pastel, and then the top part was open, no border, no color on the top of the top side of the paper. This was um, this border that I did. This was like the most solid image that came from that visual I had in my mind. It represented God's, God's presence from beginning to end. And I knew that that space in the middle was where I exist, trying to work out God's plan for my life and listen for guidance. In the middle, then, in that space where I knew I was sort of swimming around in, I went on to add yellow and red swirls and some straight slashy marks in both oil pastel and watercolor paint. On the top left, I drew a yellow arrow pointing from left to right and then covered it in orange, making it larger, kind of accentuating it until it was forming more of a triangle. That's when I stopped and I did the bulk of my responsive free association writing. I did quite a bit of writing on this. And after writing, I felt like the arrow needed to be emphasized even more. So I added some sketchy pencil lines, and then I added blue oil pastel, and finally a black outline to this triangle arrow. Until the point of the arrow, eventually, as I drew it out, it reached all the way over to touch the black and blue border on the right side. This arrow was about direction, decisiveness, an action in the midst of other emotions swirling around it. As I said, I did quite a bit of writing for this one, and I have decided to share all of it with you instead of just an excerpt. I think the progression of my thoughts and responses is important. So here it is. The dark blue and black is like the night before the beginning of time. Like he knew even then, he did know. He knew I would need to be held here in this space, right here, right now. I think I'm in the middle of that swirly red and yellow, right there, so specific. This specific and special moment in time when I can't make sense of what he says or does or where he is leading me. The journey is mine, but also his, and I don't know what to do, how to be, who to be, in the space in between, in the mess and in the waiting and in the turmoil of life that I don't want to live. I need to look up, to look forward. That orange arrow is the power, the powerful place I long to be and where I am fighting toward. It's moving through the red trauma and pain, pointed, strong, directional, sure, clear, powerful and not wanting, not lacking, moving, even though the red clouds the way. It still knows, it trusts, that the yellow is there and that hard black and blue line of his sovereign loyalty. His never-ending presence that is the I am, always is, always will be the same, 
I can swim around in this box, confused about the direction of his yellow light, but the box, the container that holds my life, does not change. It holds, holds strong, steadfast, stable, secure. Oh, that word security that I always want but rarely feel. It's here, whether I trust that it is or not. I feel so much emotion when I look at you. I hate the confusion. I feel angry about it. Take me to the arrow. I feel a sense of longing for it. Eagerness, but without the energy that eagerness uses to get to my goal. I feel a slow ache, but a hint of powerful. And then I ask my artwork, what do you need? And it answers, for you to dive in and decide, engage, draw those lines you want to draw, make this real. Then after adding the pencil lines and blue oil, blue oil pastel, like I described, I add that to the arrow um, to make it more opaque and separate it from the rest of the composition. Then I wrote, it feels more solid, more sure, the whole thing. I'm going to climb into the arrow tomorrow or today, maybe today. And then I ask, how can I do it today? And it answers, just what you are doing now. Just decide to be there. Decide to see that you are there. Hold tight, secure, going places. I love how this writing process ended because it's so much like many of my other experiences dialoguing with my artwork in this way. I asked for clarity about what to do, how to hang on to this feeling of increased insight and security I had while working. And the answer that my subconscious brain had for me was simply that I can decide to be there to stay in that place of more sure and focused direction. It's up to me. I am actually in control. And that's a reminder that I need to hear a lot. You know, I'm the type of person who tends to hang out in my feelings quite a bit. I feel strong emotions and I'm pretty aware of them at any given moment in the day. And this can cause me to get very self-focused and thinking logically is a challenge when my emotions feel so big. So releasing my emotions through the art and then allowing the writing to flow in response really helps me get more cognitive. It connects my feeling brain with my thinking brain, as I like to say. And conversely, if you're the type of person who stays caught up in your thoughts a lot of the time and you have trouble truly feeling and connecting with your emotions, then this process will work for you too. You don't have to necessarily identify your emotions before you create art. The artwork is your expression of the emotions, whether you understand it in the moment or not. Just draw or paint whatever you want, whatever comes out. There's no wrong answer. Then start your dialogue. Ask questions. Stay curious. Ask your artwork, aka your subconscious brain, what all these colors, shapes, and images are about. Ask your thinking brain to make sense of whatever your feeling brain was able to access during the art making process. It can take time to get accustomed to this process, but as always, if you need more structured guidance, that's what my coaching program, The Redefined Process, is all about. All right, here's the final review of the steps we've talked about to help you progress through indecisiveness, confusion, insecurity, anxiety, 
all those thoughts and feelings that keep us stuck in that place of okay in life. And I'm going to add one last step here too. So first, we feel and acknowledge our thoughts and emotions. Second, we open ourselves up to information that can help us process things. Third, we choose to do something ourselves that will help us process our thoughts and emotions. And finally, number four, I encourage you to take one more tangible action from there based on the insight you've gained. So for me, my next action with this piece of art was just to intentionally place it on a table in my art studio where I could see it every time I walk in. I've continued to look at it, think about it, and journal and pray about the themes that came up. I've also reread my writing multiple times. So you see, it doesn't have to be a huge action necessarily that you take. My insight had a lot to do with waiting and trusting. So my action step just involves supporting myself in doing that. It's just a matter of taking the next small step. Before we move on to imagine what message your future self might have for you today, I want to let you know how you can join me in this process of using art to redefine your identity. So it was after experiencing the power of this art and writing process myself that I decided to reverse engineer it to create a step-by-step program that you can follow too. I get so excited about this. I call it the redefined process because we're all about redefining, right? And it's all included, this whole process, in my monthly Redefined membership, along with so much more. You're also going to get access to weekly coaching calls, community chat with other overcomers just like you. You'll have the option to schedule a one-on-one coaching session with me if you need more support, and lots of other additional courses also included. Just search for Redefined by Jennifer Kramer in your app store or go to the link in the show notes to view the web-based version. I can't wait to see you there. A message from your future self. I know that you expected to be much farther by now. You had the idea that once the narcissist was gone, you'd feel so incredibly free and life would be easy because being free from the abuse was all that mattered. And for a time, it was kind of like that. The initial relief you felt was so strong. But now it's become like a high that you're chasing. It's a feeling that's grown faint and numb. It's hard to appreciate where you are now because life has become stagnant. I remember how we struggled during that time where you are now. There were feelings of guilt because you weren't grateful enough feelings of disappointment that life isn't getting much better, and sometimes even thoughts that maybe this was a mistake. Has it all been worth it? I want you to know that I'm thankful for the way you were showing up for yourself, for us, and wrestling through these hard things. Showing up for you is enough. Showing up again tomorrow and the day after that. Stay curious wrestle. Question yourself and question where you're going and by all means, do not give up. 
Don't give in to the temptation to stand still for too long. Don't accept that this is all there is. You do have control over your life now. You can choose who you want to be. You paint a picture of your future self. You decide what I look like, what I do, and where I go. We have so many places to go together. Please don't end our journey here. Thanks for listening in today. In this journey of healing after narcissistic abuse, it's so important that we allow space for our past, present, and future selves to speak. Today, you've gotten a glimpse into some messages I received from different parts of my subconscious brain that just needed to be heard, along with an encouraging message from an imagined future version of you. I hope there was something that resonated with you here and that you'll take it along with you on your own healing journey. Remember, you are an overcomer.